Is it really your fault? How would you know? Let's consider Maddie. As we do, you might find yourself feeling emotional. If so, I encourage you to tap while you listen. It's appropriate and can be really helpful. Maddie was an unwanted surprise. Neither Maddie's mother nor father was happy she was conceived, continued to term, and was born. When people told them, congratulations, they just grunted. Was this Maddie's fault? As a baby, Maddie craved warmth and skin contact and got neither. When Maddie cried, mom would shove a bottle or a pacifier in, slam the door, and turn up the TV. Maddie was rejected and neglected over and over again. Was this Maddie's fault? By the time Maddie was four years old, mom was even more depressed and irritable. One day, Maddie was playing with some imaginary friends behind the sofa where mom was sleeping. Maddie laughed too loudly. Mom woke up and suddenly screamed, Maddie, stop that. Followed by, my life would be perfect if I wasn't stuck with you. This must be Maddie's fault. I mean, mom sounds so certain, right? Maddie at nine was incredibly helpful around the house. Dad had disappeared for a few years, but now he was back. Still an alcoholic. But occasionally, Maddie could do things to please him. One of those things was pancakes and bacon in bed. Dad seemed to love Maddie's pancakes and bacon. Except after a night of cheap wine mixed with tequila. When Maddie brought Dad his special breakfast in bed that morning, he made a retching sound and looked at Maddie's meal with disgust, saying, Don't you know I hate this? Get out of here. When Maddie's shaking hands dropped the tray and all the food, Dad added, Damn it, Maddie, you're as stupid and clumsy as your mother. Since this was all Maddie's fault, Dad said so. Maddie cleaned up every speck without making a sound or complaint. In school, Maddie was an excellent student, doing everything every teacher asked with extra, extra, extra effort. Maddie needed to make sure no one else would ever say, you're stupid. The stress gave Maddie stomach aches and headaches, enough that they once made Maddie moan in class before a big test. Sent to the clinic, the nurse checked Maddie over and proclaimed, you're not really sick. Go back to class and stop pretending in order to get out of taking your tests. And the nurse must have been right, since Maddie never moaned, out loud at least, ever again. It was her fault for making such a big deal about a test that she pretended to be sick, don't you think? Maddie found it easy to make friends. When you agree with everything asked of you, it's not hard to find people who want that kind of friend. Maddie was generous, tolerant, and listened intently. Of course, part of what Maddie was doing was making sure nothing wrong was said or done. And it worked, in the sense that these friends were so much nicer than either mom or dad. Yeah, it was difficult, 
when they demanded Maddie shoplift for things they wanted. But that's what you do for your friends, right? As an athlete, Maddie was really clever, creating something called wrestle dancing. It was wrestling without trying to win. The intention was to use each other's body to be able to do moves you couldn't do on your own. Wow! Suddenly, all the in-crowd wanted to wrestle dance with Maddie. This made Maddie so proud and happy. So, when dancing after school, and one of the most popular kids grabbed Maddie's crotch, Maddie froze and said nothing and did nothing to protest. Maddie's friends said that what happened next was all Maddie's fault. Maddie thought so too. But is it true? Through all this, Maddie struggled on the inside far more than anyone could see on the outside. Maddie looked good, well-practiced at being generous, pleasing, and agreeable. Even when teased or yelled at, Maddie ended up in a perfect marriage. How do we know it was a perfect marriage? Just ask Maddie's spouse. Maddie's spouse was never to blame and never apologized. Everything was Maddie's fault. They both agreed. Couldn't be more perfect, right? Then one day, Maddie's spouse was waiting impatiently in a restaurant for Maddie to arrive. When Maddie finally got there, a loud stream of accusation spewed from Maddie's spouse. You're always late. You're so inconsiderate. You should have left early enough to get here on time. You've wasted my whole evening. In a huff, Maddie's spouse got up and headed to the bathroom. At the next table was someone who couldn't help but overhear. Were you stuck on the interstate? Yes, Maddie replied softly. Well then, you getting here late, was that really your fault? You see, my partner is also stuck in that traffic behind the accident. It's going to take them three times the normal time to get here. Life happens sometimes, right? It's not something I could hold my partner to blame for. Maybe you're not to blame either? Maddie nodded a quick thank you and ate dinner in silence, listening to the perfect one talk about all their wins and opinions. Later that night, sitting alone and after some tears, Maddie started to feel something strange. Was it anger? Even rage? You know, Maddie exclaimed out loud, that accident was not my fault. I left in plenty of time, even if the traffic had been much heavier than normal. It was starting to become clearer now. Maddie had accepted the blame for that, which really was not Maddie's fault. And here is where I invite us to pause from considering Maddie's emotional world and consider yours. Do any of Maddie's experiences remind you of what has ever happened in your life? If so, please know you're not alone. Tender-hearted people often carry the scars and bruises from blaming and shaming, especially from friends and loved ones and authorities. Lack of safety, respect, and nourishing love affects us deeply. It warps our sense of what is ours and what is theirs and what is the divine's. We end up with an inner critic instead of an inner buddy. I know. 
it's something I used to constantly struggle with and had to work hard to shift. And it can be shifted. It's uncomfortable. It takes time and support. And together we can gain clarity about what's real and true. And we can discern between that which is ours and that which is theirs and explore ways for our emotions to cultivate connection rather than shame. For example, what is real is that Maddie did not know there was going to be an accident on the interstate. Neither did 1,000 other people. She didn't foresee the future, and neither did anyone else. That's human, real, and the way it was. Maddie's spouse's reaction was in the language of blaming and shaming. While Maddie found that, quote, normal and expected, it isn't the only way someone could react. The accepting attitude of the person at the other table shows us that. Don't you think it's possible that an emotionally aware and kind partner could have greeted Maddie like this? So glad you made it safely, dear heart. I was finding myself worrying <laughs> and getting jittery and way too anxious. I think I need a moment now that you're here and I know you're safe to go to the bathroom and freshen up. I'll be back in a minute. Can I have a hug? When I get back, how do you think it would have felt to Maddie to hear that instead? How would it feel to you? Blaming and shaming and criticizing is normal, typical. We expect it. Most of us do it to ourselves before anyone else gets the chance. If we are all going to get to experience emotional freedom, this is an area where change is essential. I'm asking you to join me in exploring this, how fault plays in your relationships to yourself and others. It can start with simply and openly considering, how would I know who, if anyone, is really at fault here? And is that what is really important here? And one last thing. It's so much a part of our culture, this fault-finding compulsion. Today, I sort of see it like people going to the compost pile for the ingredients to make dinner, rather than opening the refrigerator that is full of fresh and yummy possibilities. And yes, I've cooked and eaten more than my share of burnt, rotting compost. We can do better than that together. Until next time, I'm Rick at Thriving Now. Where are you finding fault with yourself when maybe it isn't your fault or it isn't entirely yours to take on? Email me at rick at emotionalfreedom.love. I'd be honored to parse through it together or visit emotionalfreedom.love and leave a comment. Thanks for listening.